0: Welcome. So glad to be here with you today. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the leaders and teachers here at Ethos. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. It's on page 790. If you're using one of our Bibles, feel free to get up and grab one. If you don't have a Bible, um, feel free to use that one this morning. Romans chapter 12, page 790. If you're using one of our Bibles, a couple of things to share with you. Um, tomorrow night from six to seven thirty at the cannery, um, we are going to be having what we call open house and um, we do this several times a year, you know every other month, basically, where um, leaders from all different campuses will get together and we 'll just kind of tell you about um, our church, where we think God is calling us to go, what he 's calling us to be and so if you 're interested in becoming part of family here at ethos, if you want this to be your like official home, come and join us tomorrow night, sign up on the way out of the connect board um, there 's going to be free child care for those of you who have children there 's going to be free pizza uh, if you eat food you 're welcome to partake, partake in that tomorrow night, and uh, we 'd love to, to be there with you. Um, open house tomorrow night from 6 to seven Second thing I want to share a little bit more um, a little bit more personal um, so on Saturday Nana which where's Nana are you in here Nana's in the back with the gray shirt and Brooks Loki he's um, one of the ministry leaders over at the cannery the three of us are going to be traveling to India uh, for 12 days and just to kind of fill you in on what's going on in India so about Four or five years ago, there was a, a church in Eastern India, and they're just so badly looking for some connection. They live in a, a culture that is Hindu and Muslim and uh, just not many Christians. And so they're just kind of longing for brother and sisterhood. And so they, we kind of found out about this church. They're looking to be partners. And so uh, we officially kind of joined arms with them and bringing brothers and the, the sisters in the kingdom. And, and so what started as one church four or five years ago is now eight churches. And it's just multiplying like crazy. The gospel is just flourishing in India. And so the churches, the leaders are getting together. And then the whole churches are getting together for a few days. And they've invited some people from, from our church just to come and help train their pastors and to, to, to teach alongside their pastors and just to see what God is doing in India. And so be praying for us as we travel. Um, be praying for our families as, as they're going to be kind of away from us for a long time. I'll miss you guys. Just want to let you guys know um, you're my family and uh, I'll miss you dearly, but we'll be back hopefully. And uh, if not, I don't know what to tell you. I'll see you in heaven, I guess. That was, I was not expecting to talk about that this morning. So I don't know why you're laughing at the thought of my death, but it's okay. I'll take that as a good sign. Let's pray and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into Romans 12. God, it is just so good to be here this morning. Thank you for the children and for the women, for the men that are in this place. And whatever you have for us, that's what we want. God, the way that you've used the scriptures all throughout the years to form, to shape your people, we ask that you'll do that in this place this morning. God, would you let us be so unbelievably attentive to you and your spirit, and what you are trying to say to us. We have hard heads and hard hearts, and we pray that you would just get through our fixed skulls this morning and help our minds and our hearts to believe and to trust in you, Jesus. Thank you for your death and your burial and your resurrection. We've come here for you this morning. So all this is for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been a part of an organization or or a team or a band that, that just worked? that what you produced was was just quality it was good and the way that you went about producing it you just you had fun and everyone contributed and everyone mattered and everyone had a part to play maybe it was your high school marching band maybe it's the company that you work for right now maybe it's the group of friends that you have where you just kind of look around and you go man we would not be the same if everyone wasn't a part of this that we wouldn't possibly, we couldn't possibly doing, be doing this quality of work if everyone wasn't bringing everything they had to the table. It's the reason that TV show spinoffs so rarely work, right? That you fall in love with a group of people. For me, it was friends. And they try to do a spinoff and it just doesn't work because the whole crew isn't there. It's just not the same Everyone. You need everyone. I think about last year on our anniversary, my wife Courtney and I, we got dressed up and we went downtown, eat at this good restaurant. We went to TPAC to see the Newsies. Have any of you ever seen the Newsies? Raise your hands. Several of you guys. This section, you need to do a little bit better. Um, And. and so we were watching the Newsies, and it was just this amazing production. We just laughed, and we had fun, and we were just in awe of how these boys could jump and do these flips on stage. And we were just having a blast. And what we, we, we realized, we talked about this for the next few days, what made the production what it was, it wasn't just one really good, talented actor. It wasn't just two or three really good ta- No, the, the reason that the show was what it was is that everyone had a part to play, and everyone did it to the very best that they could. This week we're talking about we're continuing our series that we've been in for the past few weeks that we are calling um, Belonging and Becoming the Family of God. It's this idea that, that we are so much more than just acquaintances with the people that we sit beside, that together, you and I, we are bound together because of Jesus, that we are family. And this morning we're gonna be talking about spiritual gifts and how God has given to every single believer a gift that is to be used. He's given to every single believer a part that is to be played so that what we do together is so unbelievably glorifying to God. That what he does when, 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 when God looks down at us, that he smiles at us because he sees us producing good fruit together. It's not just about us. It's about blessing the world. So this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. I'm really glad you're here, by the way. It's fun to be here with you this morning. Starting in verse 3 of Romans chapter 12. Paul the Apostle says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord from Romans chapter 12. And so I love what Paul says here as he starts out writing very first thing he says in this little section, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. And the reason I believe he does this is because the nature of this conversation has just this possibility to puff us up. And it's so easy to get to this place because maybe you know how God has chosen to gift you. And because maybe you've been walking faithfully using that gift and the powers of darkness and of the unseen world would want nothing more than for us to become arrogant about that which was given to us. 1 Corinthians Corinthians 8, verse 1, Paul says, knowledge, it it puffs up. And so often, Christians, we have been and we can be arrogant around the conversation of spiritual gifts. And I love what Paul says. He says, church, check yourself. He says, don't elevate in your mind yourself over other people. He says, make sure you're remembering this, this whole faith thing. He says this in verse six, which we're gonna get to in just a minute. He says, we all have different gifts according to the grace that was given to each of us. And I think that the appeal that he is making is that he looks at us and he says, hey, hey, Hannah, hey, Allison, hey, Dan, hey, Amy, remember that you having faith in Christ, J.D., that you knowing Christ, is a gift from God. If you're a believer, if you're sitting here, the the reason that you believe in Jesus is not because you worked so hard and you tried so hard. No, the, the reality is that God has worked so unbelievably hard to help you and I understand that we weren't capable of doing things by ourselves. That God worked so unbelievably hard to help bring us to a place where we realized that we were not the savior, but that we were in need of a savior. We couldn't save ourselves, that we needed forgiveness. And the reality is if you're a believer, it's because you accepted this. And when you accept this, it humbles you. And when you understand the gospel, when you understand this reality of who you are, that that the grace of Jesus has come into your life that it has saved you forever, not because you deserve it, not because I deserve it, but because God wanted us. And I love that Paul, he, he tosses us this little reality check because he knows as Christians that we need it. We need to be reminded that we have been given gifts both in salvation and in spiritual gifts, and they are just that, they are gifts. They are things that are not earned. They are not deserved. They are not because of moral excellence. Can you just nod your head to help me to see that you're getting that, that we get salvation and we get gifts not because we do so many good things, not because we are so deserving, because God is so unbelievably good. Amen. But I love that Paul, he doesn't just want to humble us. He wants to fill us with confidence. So he says this in verses four and five. He says, for just as each of us has one body with many members... These members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, we form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. He looks at us and he says, Daway, you belong. And Kaylee, you belong. And Kate, you belong. And Justin, you belong. And Kimberly, you belong. And Ben, you belong. And Dan, you belong. You're an important part of the story that God is writing here, Dale. And Amy... Nicole and Jake. You're needed. As much as anyone else in this body, you matter. That the kingdom of God, this church family, it needs you. And before Paul gets into speaking of the gifts, things that we're all eager to talk about and think about, He says, no, you you need to know that you belong, that you matter, independent of your giftings. He says, you've been forever, church, forgiven. Andrew, you've been forever seated in the heavenly realms. Sam, you've been forever lifted high. You are forever saved. You're being sanctified. You'll be with Jesus forever, church. You belong, you belong, you belong. Verse six he says, we do though, we have different gifts. Listen to this, according to the grace that was given to each of us. I love that Paul says that. He says something similar back in verse four. He says, you realize that you don't all have the same function. You know, we spend a lot of our lives and a lot of our spiritual lives not valuing what has been given to us. That we spend so much of our lives wanting what other people have been given. I see this in my kids, I see this in my nephews. You know, a couple weeks ago we are on vacation and every child is content with their own toys until a new kid comes into the room with his toys. And then what happens? The moment that happens. Jones is no longer happy with his dinosaur. He wants his cousin's toys. And we do this too, right? We are so unbelievably satisfied with our job. And with the place that we live and in our situation in life, in the car we drive, until what? Until we see someone else that has it a little bit better, a little bit different. We do this in our spiritual lives, too. For those of us who are Christians, man, so often we, we just do this thing where we, we tend to not value the things that God has given to us. We don't, de- we don't value the different functions that God has given to us. That so often we want someone else's. And I believe it's because we tend to put extra value on some gifts. We tend to elevate certain gifts. And the thing that I'm learning about us, about a church, about a local body of believers is that every single one is important. That in order to have a healthy church that's functioning the way that the Lord desires for it, to every person, you need every person, you need every gift. Thinking about my car, You know, a car, if you didn't know this, is is not just one part. It's made up of hundreds of different parts. And I would argue that they are all um, equally important. So you have big parts like the engine and the transmission. You have parts like the the wheels and the tires. And you have parts like hoses and belts and oil and gas and seats and and all these things that make up cars that, that we drive. And the reason that I would suggest that they are all equally important is because if you take one out, the whole thing doesn't work. How long can you drive a car without, with a flat tire? How far can you go with no oil in your engine? Some of you are testing that. You need to get your oil changed. Your dad hadn't told you that recently. <laughs> Realize this, last year, my truck, I had this really small hose that, that busted. It was a hose that, that takes the um, engine coolant into the engine and it busted. And so my engine was just getting super hot. And, and the reality is this hose was only a couple bucks. You go to O'Reilly's and buy a new hose and fix it. And you're like, man, that a couple bucks is nothing compared to couple thousand dollar engine yeah but the reality is the truck doesn't run without the hose that every piece every part is important it matters and you matter and the gift that Jesus himself has chosen to give to you is for a reason and it matters and we need it so let's look at the gifts that he mentions by the way this is not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts Um, Paul unpacks this really well as well in First Corinthians 12. If you want to go there and, and look Aaron, the campus pastor at Cannery and Larkin over at Hillsbury Village they 're both teaching on this uh, on First Corinthians 12, and so if you want a, a better teaching, go and listen to theirs' a different teaching uh, on spiritual gifts. Uh, you can listen to that this week, but this is what Paul says, second part of verse six he says, "If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. I want to talk about this just for a minute. Um, the nature of this one is just a little bit different and not as obvious in some ways. We've talked about this some as a family, but Paul gives a a beautiful definition, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, of of what prophecy is. He says, the one who prophesies speaks to someone for their strengthening, for their encouraging, and for their comfort. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, if you want to go check that. You know, the reality is that, that many of you experience this gift, and maybe you don't even know it. The way that this can play out. You know, you're, you're praying. Or maybe you're just driving down the road, going about your business, and, and you think of somebody, someone pops in your head, or a passage of scripture or a picture comes to your mind. And you weren't thinking about it, you weren't thinking about that person, you weren't even in that passage of scripture, but you, you, you began to go, Man, I think that was from God. I think God might be putting that person, that image on my heart to be shared. And so you, you pray, you say, God is. Is this something that's supposed to flow through me? Am I supposed to share this? And you sense that maybe, yeah, you are supposed to, and so maybe you call a friend who is filled with the Holy Spirit and you say, hey, I I had this thought, I had this passage that was on my heart, I think I'm supposed to share it. Will you just kind of help me discern if this is from, from God or not? And so you discern, yeah, I think that's from God. And so you you, you you work up the courage and you call up your friend and you say, hey, I'm not exactly sure if this is from God or if this is gonna connect, but but this passage of scripture was on my heart and I was thinking about you and I just wanted to share. And have you ever done that before? And and so often in those moments, right, not every time, but so often the person on the receiving end goes, ah, you have no idea how much that means to me. You have no idea that I was going through that exact same thing and just that word, just you thinking of me means the world to me. That shows me that that I was on God's radar. Thank you. Gift of prophecy. Last Sunday was a really fun day for me. I'll show you how I've been the um, beneficiary of of someone else's prophetic gift. So last Sunday morning, I wasn't preaching. I get here early, and I just kind of sense that I'm supposed to go outside and just kind of walk and, and pray. And so I'm walking around Marathon and just praying for us, praying for our time together. And I, I get around the corner and come around the back and where the gravel is, and and I'm walking and I see this this railroad stake, this big nail, just kind of laying. I didn't pull it up. Don't worry. I just laying in the, in the in the middle of the the and I'm like I don't want this to go through someone's tire so I'm gonna pick it up and so I picked it up and I threw it in my car I'm like I'm sure that'll come in handy sometime I don't know what for but throw it in my car so last Sunday night we're at prayer gathering and Stoney you know Stoney my good friend uh, we're praying he says hey what do you want to what do you want to pray about tonight and I said okay Stoney I said I think I just need to let you in on some struggles and things that I'm going through right now I said um you know, I think the Lord's been convicting me about anger, in particular with my kids. And so we have three little kids, a little girl that's almost five, a son that's almost three, and a seven-month-old. You're like, no, you have the right to be angry <laughs> with that in your house. And, and I agree, I accept that. Um, but I, I was telling Sonia, I said, I, the Lord's been convicting me that, that I, I've learned that when my kids are fussing or when they're fighting or when they're just, you know, going after you, if I will, like, just yell at them, that they'll like be quiet. They'll, they'll, they'll just shut up. That if I will like stomp my foot or try to like intimidate them, something like that. That they'll be quiet. I told them last, you know, Saturday night. This this kind of came up. I was. Whoa. Luke and Sarah, Duncan, they hosted this um, night for the kids where um, they showed this big movie in their backyard and we're just having this good time. I'm just like being just such a nice person. And then we get in the car and my son Jones is crying about the car seat that he's sitting in because he wants to sit in the one that Finley's in. And he just keeps whining and whining and whining and whining. And I just said something like, Jones, just be quiet. And the Lord was just convicting me going, Brandon, did you realize like who you were three minutes ago and who you were right then? Just being convicted. So I'm telling Stoney, I'm like, I think I just need to pray into this that I'm not content. And God is like showing me I don't want to be this angry dad. And so Stoney starts praying and, you know, and the, gets on praying and he said, Hey, is, we were getting on praying. He said, I want. Um, he says, right as we were praying, I saw this picture of a bridge. He said, and the bridge was on one side, it was you, and on the other side, it was, it was you helping your kids go on the journey to have relationship with Christ. And he said, what I saw is that, that you, were, you were laying these, these boards down and you were nailing them down into the bridge. And then he starts to, to tear up, and he said, and when you have those moments where you, you snap at your kids, he said, it's like the nails are coming up. And he gets on praying, and I'm like, I'm so convicted and yet so encouraged. And so I tell him, I said, hey, Stone, did you realize that just this morning I picked up this nail? <laughs> and I said, it, it might not mean much to you, I said, but but I think God was just giving me this physical reminder to that he sees me. That he's acknowledging that there are some things going on with the anger that I need to work on. But he's like, giving me this nail to go, Brandon, like... When you get angry, think about this, think about me working, think of me putting that on his heart. And I'm going, this is the way that the prophetic works. That you see and you hear things and the body needs you. Keeps going in verse seven. Says, if your gift is serving, then serve. I love this spiritual gift. You wanna know why? Because this is a gift that you get to keep on using into eternity. First Corinthians 13 says that many of our gifts, they'll, they'll stop in heaven. You won't need them anymore. But not serving. I love Revelation chapter 22, verse three. It says that he will be seated on the throne and his people will serve him. You see, serving, having the gift of service is like learning to play tennis or golf at a young age. You get to use them when you're old. Right? Those of you who played football and softball growing up, it's such a waste. You can't do that when you're 70. But you go out to a golf course and you see like 94-year-old women just like hitting golf balls. And and to me, that's the gift of service that God gives you this beautiful gift to, to use not just in this life, but into eternity. The gift of service is so unbelievably important. To use your time and your hands to meet needs of people, I go, what a better, is there even a better picture of Jesus? You know i've watched past several years jonathan audrey williams stephen and kirsten Dotson, and casey grissom and kate clausen and christopher hendon and dale clay and many of the rest of you who are volunteers get here every sunday morning for several years and set this place up the majority of us have no idea who does it we don't even think about it we just think that chairs come down from heaven and set themselves up and bread just falls in the cups like it did in the old testament right and And I've watched people step into this and the body has been better because of people who use their gift of service. He says, if your gift is teaching, then teach. This is an important um, gift to the body, no doubt. But I believe that the gift of teaching is not any more important than than any of the others. I think in our culture, we we tend to elevate this gift and I just wanna be super careful that we don't do that here in our family. That we don't elevate any gift above the others. Teachers study the scriptures. They work hard to make sure that the the body knows the desires of God. That's why James, the brother Jesus, says this in James chapter three. Says, "Hey, not many of you should presume to be teachers." He's like, "Don't desire that gift." He said, "Those of you who teach, you're going to be judged more strictly." Because the reality is that those of you who are teachers, those of you who teach, who use that gift, the things that come out of your mouth, people will actually adjust and live their lives accordingly to the things that come out of your mouth. And that's a big deal. So be careful. Use your gift. Keeps going. If your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. I think about my buddy, Andrew Branch. On Sunday night, you know, he said this to me. He said, if if I only use my gift of encouragement to to bless Alex and my, my two or three like best friends, he said, who else in the body needs my gift that's missing out on it? And I thought, wow, what an unbelievable heart of God that doesn't just think about his best friends but thinks about the greater body and what the body might need. I see this gift in my wife My wife loves this church body so much. She prays for you, especially for you women. She cares deeply about you and the things that you're going through. I see her all the time sending texts and writing letters and praying prayers and buying things. She's using her gift. He keeps going, if your gift is, is giving, then give generously. Someone that wanted to help fund my trip to India wrote me a thousand dollar check. And I thought, I, I seriously doubt I will ever be in a place where I'm writing a thousand dollar check to somebody to send them on a trip. But some of you, man, God has loaded your hearts with his presence and he's loaded your bank accounts with his money. And you get the joy of giving generously. It says if it's, if your gift is to lead, he keeps going. Do it diligently. I think about those of you who are house church leaders. What you're stepping into, what has been entrusted to you. Think about those of you who lead maybe outside of these four walls. You lead an organization. I want to really encourage you as you're leading to do so with care. Care about the people you're leading. Understand that it's your job to lead them. says this, And he rounds out the list in Romans chapter 12, and he says, if if it's to show mercy, if that's your gift, then do it cheerfully. I love the way one commentator wrote it. He says, the gift of mercy is present when one has a special ministry to the sick, or those who are suffering emotionally, or in some other kind of distress, including the need for economic assistance those who exercise such a gift must do so with cheerfulness. For the one who shows mercy must not have a begrudging spirit that communicates to the person on the receiving end that the mercy given is a debt instead of a joy. I was talking to my buddy David this week, you know, when the hurricanes kind of uh, passed through Texas and Florida and they made their way up here, they their basement was flooded, their house was flooded. And so I just sent him a text and said, hey man, you guys okay? He'd get back in town, heard about what's going on. And he said, man, he said, we, we feel so loved by God. He said, our house church showed up and helped us take care of it. He said, what a better expression of the love of God than just to see people's real care for you and their willingness to come and serve and help. This is what Paul telling us, hey, this isn't just some wishful fantasy that's out there. He said, this is what you've been given, church. This isn't an, an exhaustive list. Some of you are like, crap, I wasn't on there. I don't have any of those gifts. <laughs> Paul makes it clear in verse six that every single one of us that are followers of Jesus, we've been given a gift. First Corinthians 12, you can go and read those. But I want to talk just real quick about what it looks like for us to exercise, to use these gifts when we gather, but also when we scatter. So let me really encourage you to, that when you're gathering with the body, whether it's on Sunday or whether it's in your house church or when you're gonna be with other just people of God, I I encourage you to come ready to bring what God has given to you to use for the strengthening of the body when we are together. I'll say this, there are plenty of times when we need to be the recipients of other people's gifts. And so I'm not saying every Sunday morning and every time you get together with your house church, you're supposed to go, okay, just put all the things that you're going through aside. Okay, how can I use my gift of encouragement? How can I give my my gift of serving? No, I, I believe that the way the body of Christ works is its give and its take. See, I believe though it's so easy for us to come together and to only think about ourselves how we walk in this place and our heads are down and we're going, man, I wish someone would like notice me today or someone would give me $1,000 to go to India, right? Like, when we think about ourselves, we're missing it. When we only think about ourselves, we're missing it. And so I invite you, this is me encouraging as one of your pastors to come when we gather and give what has been given to you. When you're coming here on the way, God, you've given me this gift, help me to use it this morning. God, these are your people, and I know that they're they're really hurting. There are people that are going through divorce. There are people that are struggling through infertility. There are people who just flunked out of school. There are people who just lost their jobs. There are people that are going through immense things, and you've given me things that I can help this body. So help me, God. Show me, lead me, God. What a difference this church would be. And when we are in those places of hurting, Let's not keep our cards so close to our chest. Let's let people in. I'm not saying you have to come up here and tell everyone what's going on, man, but your people that that you trust, people that respond to you, or people that, that care about your house church leaders, let them in. So they can use their gifts to bless you and encourage you. You see, but it's not just about when we gather, it's about when we leave. Our spiritual gifts don't leave us when we leave this place. Do you realize that? It's not like you have the gift of service it's like okay well I guess I'll put it back on next Sunday morning right No, they stay with us I wonder who the people are in your workplace that will benefit from the gift that God has given to you the prophetic words that God will give to you that will bring life but you're gonna have to have faith to step through that door The money that's been given to you, and you need to see a, a need in your neighborhood, and you're going, man, yeah, but I really want to do this with that money. If I give that money, it's, you're gonna to have to step through that door. And so often, when we leave this place, we tend to check out, we tend to, to set our eyes back on the ground, and God's going, no, your mission field's out there. And this amazing, gift-filled body it will only get better as I add more people and give more gifts. This is what God has called us to So here's how I wanna to end today. We're gonna to take communion here in just a minute. Let me speak to those of you who, you have a spiritual gift, you, you know what gift or gifts God has given to you and you've been using those gifts faithfully. Let me just speak to you for a minute. Let me just say thank you. I think about the parable of the talents that's in the gospels. For God entrusts, the, the, the master entrusts his servants with, with talents and they use them and they put them to work. And this is a picture of, of your life. And I just encourage you to keep going. Keep serving and keep prophesying and keep teaching and keep leading, keep showing mercy and keep serving. I love the passage of scripture that says, don't grow tired of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good for in due time, you will reap a harvest. And during communion, here's what I want to invite you to do. If, if you know what your gift is, would you just, uh, as we're taking it with a couple people around us, sh- share what God has given to you. You did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to deserve it. And so often we're like so secretive about it. We're so cryptic. We don't want anyone to know what a gift we have because we don't want to come off as arrogant. And I go, man, let, let people know so that as we hear of things that are going on, I go, oh, man, you can bless that person. And so I encourage you if, you, if you know what gift that God has given to you, share that. During communion, if, if you're not aware of any gifts that you have, maybe you just don't know or maybe you don't think you have any, let me encourage you to just have the courage to share that in the communion moment. Hey, I don't, I don't know what gift I have. And to not be so discouraged, the enemy will want nothing more than to discourage you, but to, to, to pray together and say, God, hey, would you just reveal? And maybe the person you're praying with is going, are you kidding me? You a gift of encouragement. You've been using that thing for 10 years and, and who knows what, what God is going to do, but I know that he'll meet us in those moments. And I encourage us as Christians. And let's take the gift that's been given to us and bless the world around us this week, okay? God is going to let us step into other gifts as well. It's not like if your gift is serving that that's the only thing you'll ever get to do. No, he's gonna give the ability sometimes to, to lead and to, to, to serve and to, 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 to do all these things to give. And I encourage you to look for those opportunities to not be so short-sighted. Anytime a need comes up, nope, that's not my gift. That can't be me. No, go, God, how can you use me? And I understand that you've given me the gift of encouragement. I wanna be faithful, but also don't wanna miss out on blessing people for your glory that sound good? For those of you who are not Christians, I don't know why you're not a follower of Jesus. I know that it's complex and that there's no one answer why you, you're not following him, why you don't believe in him. But I, just to, I want you to think about the type of God that doesn't just care about saving you, but cares about gifting you that you can use the rest of your life advancing his kingdom you know my son jones one of the favorite things that he likes to do is just to help me doing whatever i'm doing and he knows like he really knows when he's not getting to help and so the other day we're loading up this heavy stuff for this person we're putting in the back of this trailer and he says dad i'm not helping i'm like yeah buddy you are helping he wasn't really helping i was just trying to encourage him he said dad i'm not helping i want to help and for those of you who are not Christians, man, God is so unbelievably good that he's come to forgive you and save you, even though you don't have it all figured out, even though you think that you can never be forgiven for the things that you've done, that is the reason that Christ came, the reason he died, the reason he rose against that you could be forgiven and have new life. And this God cares nothing just about, about removing you from sins. He cares about releasing you into his kingdom. And he will give you a gift and you will find joy and life and meaning and purpose like you never thought. You will be thrilled by the ways that God chooses to use you should you choose to step in. And so I invite you to come, to come all the way in, to give your lives to him. To be the beneficiary, the recipient of the grace of God, both in salvation and in spiritual gifts. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. Thank you for giving us, for making us a very gifted family. I pray that you would illuminate the gifts as we take communion, that you would make us aware of the things that you've given to us so that we can serve. I pray that the enemy, any ways that he's trying to work, I pray that you would completely silence him in the name of Jesus. That communion would be the place that you break the bread, that you open our eyes, that your blood is spilled to, to forgive us. And so for those of us who haven't been walking faithfully using our gifts, let us walk in repentance. And I pray for enlightening. I pray for an opening the eyes this next season of ministry and life with you. Thanks for this body. Thanks for these faithful people who love you so much. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.